Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is another Longhorn Confidential, kind of a new look. Our guy, Brian Davis, has gone off to greener pastures. So it's just uh, Danny Davis, Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden holding it down here on the the YouTube, the podcast, the Zoom, whatever whatever you're watching this on Facebook. But we're here to talk about Longhorn football, like always. Um, Kirk and I were in Lubbock this past weekend um, for a pretty dramatic ending. Cedric, Cedric got to see a dramatic ending at the AM Arkansas game. Maybe we'll talk about that too. But uh, Kirk, we'll start with you. 37-34 loss in overtime. Texas blew a 14-point lead in that uh, second half. Maybe had Texas Tech on the ropes because of a rally, a late second field goal, but just could not get it done in overtime. B. John Robinson fumbled, Tech kicked a field goal, and then pandemonium broke out. I, I still don't know how I got out of there out of there alive. But Kirk, just <laughs> kind of your, um, your initial, I guess maybe not initial reactions, but your reactions a couple of days later to that uh, to that game. Well, it was a spectacle, Danny. You and I were right in the middle of it. And, uh, yeah, that was wild. That was crazy. Uh yeah, and it was all sitting pretty for Texas. I mean, I thought they'd lost after uh, Trey Wolf kicked that uh, go-ahead field goal. There were 21 seconds left. I gave Texas, like, no chance to come back. But, boy, they worked that – it wasn't a two-minute drill, it was a 21-second drill. And for them to even get in position to try to kick the tying field goal and then for Burt Auburn to do it. I tell you, Burt Auburn, he may be the MVP of this team and nobody knows it. He's not getting credit for it. So – that guy's got nerves of steel. So then, I mean, for Bijan Robinson to fumble, what is it, one time in about 400 career touches, that doesn't happen, and just crazy stuff happens in Lubbock. And uh, it may not happen any time in the near future in Lubbock, as far as Texas is concerned. But, yeah, they, they blew a golden opportunity, Danny. You and I were there. We know it. And they still haven't learned to put teams away. And that's the sad fact. And until they figure that out, we're going to see more of the same. You know, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Davis was asking <laughs> questions. Okay, I'm going to stick with you for a second about this um, before oh, we go on to what this means for Texas. But obviously, you've been at the Statesman for a while. And you've seen plenty of Texas, Texas Tech games. You love going on your um, – every two years going on a long road trip with, your, with your, one of your good friends – out to Lubbock, um, you know, there's a lot of pandemonium afterwards. Um, you know, a Texas player got two, a two Texas players got shoved. Tech ended up getting fined, uh, you know, fifty thousand dollars for the field starving. So that's you know maybe not the best look when we're arguing for why this rivalry should continue. But in your heart of hearts, do you want to see Tech and Texas Tech continue playing once Texas goes off to the SEC, or is it time to move on and everyone just find new rivals? No, because I'm just one of those that doesn't like to discard rivals. And it's not just Texas Tech. I'd like Texas to keep playing the Baylors and the TCUs and the Texas Techs. And it's probably not going to happen because the strength of schedule is going to be off the charts once they join the SEC. So we're going to be fed a steady diet of UTSA and Rice and UTEP and, and teams like that. So, uh, and obviously Texas Tech did themselves no favors, one, by beating Texas, and two, 
by what happened in the post game. That was something nobody wants to see. And then, you know, I love the rich pageantry of college football. Steve Sarkeesian says the same thing, but you got to have some, some crowd control and, and make sure the opposing team is, is can get off the field safely. That's, inexcusable for for texas tech to let that happen i'm not sure what the answer is and because they stormed the field against houston so you know it's a great look for college football but it's a bad look for the texas and texas tech rivalry moving forward said what were your kind of your obviously you were working on saturday too but what were your reactions watching this game from afar and just kind of you know, what you heard, you know, the players and Steve talking about on Monday when we were asking them for reactions to this loss. I really thought that Texas may have turned a corner. I was watching the game in the um, cafeteria at the uh, Jerry World. Jerry's got the big screens up and it's nice. And me and a bunch of other writers are watching it. And and I, I watched um, – Hudson Card throw a 25-yard dart at money time to the sideline to get him in position. And Bert Arvin kicked that field goal to tie it. And I'm like, man, they fight back, but they still have to close. And they didn't close. They didn't close. And so I, you see improvement, but the results have to be there. And they're not on the road. What is that? One and six now or one and seven? One and six. One and six in their last seven road games. And so you can't live on mama's home cooking. You gotta be able to get out of there and go and go find a nice restaurant in the eight oh six and then take care of business. And so what we have here now is a crossroads game against West Virginia. And or, or are any of us going to say that the Texas Longhorns are going to work West Virginia? I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that as long as they continue to struggle on the road, they're going to be stuck in park as a program. You wonder if it's a toughness issue, Danny. What I mean, you were there for every one of those, those road losses, except for the one in Fort Worth last year. I mean, what do you think is missing, Danny? Yeah, I'm never going to go into question a player's a football player's toughness. Um, I don't think that's fair. Um, but, you know, there is, I don't know whether it's a, um, you know, getting exhausted over the course of a 60 minute game, whether it's a, you know, just taking your foot off the you know gas, whether it's, you know, play calling by the coaches or, you know, execution by the players. Um, you know, you know, you also have to you know, remember that these tech coaches are, getting paid to and these tech kids are on scholarship as well. I mean, these are good players, maybe not the four or five star caliber that came to Texas, but it's not like, you know, these teams that they're losing to are a bunch of, are a bunch of scrubs. So if you take your foot off the gas, you know, that's how you can get beat. So, I mean, it's just going to be really interesting to see how they address it and how they develop that killer instinct that they have just seemed to lack over, over the years. Cause you know, it's not like, it's not like they don't know. I mean, they are well aware that they, they know. <laughs> have been able to just have not been able to close. And you right. know, I guess if I had the answer, you know, I'd be making Sark money, and Sark would be on here with y'all. So um, I don't, I don't know exactly what's, uh, what what the answer is, but they've got to figure it out because you know, 
Yes, they're two and two, but there's still eight games left in the season. And if they don't figure it out, it could be a very long next two months as we creep towards uh, December. Yes, Art doesn't have the answer either, at least not to this point. And to your point about West Virginia, it's like it's like every week's almost a must win now. You know, the two win two losses already puts obviously conference championship hopes, you know, on the on the skids there. So, you know, they have very little margin for error now. And then after this, you get Oklahoma, Oklahoma State back to back. So it's it's gonna be a trial by fire right now. So I don't know what said. What do you see? You know, on TV, it's like their offense just kind of went in the shell. They had one touchdown that second half until Auburn's last second field goal. There, what, what did it look to you like? Do you think they were being too conservative, Cedric? I did at first. Um, I saw. I saw a lot of. Uh, I would have rather seen some more Bijan runs, personally. Yeah. Seventeen touchdowns. Um, I agree. You know, I. The 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 um, I guess from from a seasonal standpoint, the blueprint is is all is always man. He's taking so many shots early, vertical shots. Search throwing deep a lot early in games. It's not popping, but he keeps doing it. And then and then when it's time to try and win, you go to your bread and butter Bijan. But my question is. If you go to your bread and butter early on, will you even have those issues in the second half? Uh, Bijan's good. You know, Bijan was happy with his 16 touches. I like Bijan at 21, 22 touches. I do personally. But I, I do wonder uh, about, you know, taking so many shots. It's like he's trying to, it's like Surf's trying to hit a home run early in the game, trying to hit a three run homer in the first inning instead of getting a guy on base. Um, defensively, so much disrespect thrown at them by Tech. No one goes for it eight times in one game on fourth down. That's when are you going to hit somebody in the mouth and go, you can't do that against us? Yeah. Who do you think we are? You can't go for it eight times. It's one thing if you're down by 40, but you're yeah. going for it eight times on fourth down in a close game. The lack of dis- disrespect lack of there. And if I'm in that room, if I'm snacks, or Deshaun Jameson, or Agent Zero, or or any of those guys, Jalen Ford. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Let's go hit them in the mouth and let them know this is a three and out. This is not going to be a four and keep the chains moving. You think this is a three and out? You think, I don't know. You wonder if the players are kind of numb to this. They almost. I'm not saying they expect to lose because. I do think they're a better team, but golly, you would think somebody get angry and dead gummit, we're gonna make a play here. But a hundred I was I was angry and I don't even play there. <laughs> there are a lot like, of angry people. I'm like, them. what the who does that to I mean, I know that Joey McGuire is is all in on on getting this win. He needed this signature win. This gets him going in Lubbock. But uh, if I'm in the other locker room on the other sideline, if if I'm the little general, if I'm PK, I'm going, hey, y'all know they're going for it on fourth down again. Yeah. Let's make sure it's fourth and 20. Let's make sure it's fourth and 20. Yeah. If and I got to take a personal foul, if I, if I, if I got to knock some, somebody, hit somebody late, I, I, I know it's a 15-yard penalty. I know. But I got to send a message. You got to feel me. 
They weren't feeling Texas. No. They were like, hey, it's fourth and eight on our own 37. Let's go. He did it on his own 40. I, I, I don't know, Danny. When I, I was stunned to see Joey McGuire go for it on fourth down in his own 40 and didn't make it. And then Texas couldn't make them pay. You know, they had a fourth and two at the Tech 32. I really thought they'd kick a field goal because I got so much faith in Auburn. He, he might kick a 60 yarder because I know they were I going. Like, for, I like going for it on well, They were going for the kill shot. They were trying to put them away here. You I know? like B, with Bijan on my team. Yeah. I'm handing it to him there. Well, he gave Roshan in the Wildcat. He got stuffed. You know? I don't like the Wildcat. Yeah. I don't like the Wildcat. No. Um, I'm on record now. What I love Ro- I love Roshan Johnson. I love. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it on the goal line, but they're better when they're spread out and running out of a spread formation with Bijan. There are holes. There are more holes when you bring in two tight ends and it's tight and they're shoulder to shoulder, and there's no receiver. There's no threat of a pass really, and your quarterback isn't even getting the ball. Yeah. I, I think sometimes people get a little bit too happy with that wildcat. I, I I mean, especially when you when you've when you've driven down the field in the spread, why change? Why yeah. get so gimmicky when you can when you can just punch it in? I like teams that just dance with what brought them. And that wildcat, uh, there's such a thing as overuse on that. And it didn't work. It didn't work very well this past week. I think they probably just need to find I think Kirk um, alluded to this with some of his questions on Monday that there just needs to be a way to kind of mix it up a little bit. Like, you know, obviously Roshan hasn't been throwing the football for a while, but this is someone who was a four-star quarterback, you know, in his career. Um, you know, usually it's snap goes back to Roe and he runs the ball. You know, there needs to be a way to, you know, hand it off to Bijan or find Keelan on a sweep or just kind of just keep, you know, opposing defenses. Um you know, guessing, and I'm sure it's not as easy as I'm, you know, making it seem. But there needs to be a way to just get a little bit more variety, so it's not just all right. Number two's back there. Number two's getting the ball. So let's all collapse on number two. So I mean, there needs to be a way to you know, figure that out, and maybe they'll do that against West Virginia, which was actually you know four years ago, um, Roshan's breakout game out in out in Morgantown um, back when he was you know solely a running back, rushed for over 100 yards for the first time as Texas got a big win out there. But obviously. Now two and two, both teams 0 and 1. I think Neil Brown is probably the most uh, disliked coach by his fan base um, at the current moment. Just a lot of frustration out there in Morgantown. So both programs are really hungry for a win, try to get back on that, you know, one and one winning, you know, track record in this conference. Um, you know, what does Texas need to do um, this weekend to get back on track? We should say that, you know, Steve on Monday did not give any hints as to whether Quinn Ewers will play this weekend. He did say he was practicing on Monday, but who knows what that actually, actually means. Um, you know, Xavier Worthy, we'll probably find out later in the week. He left, um, left the tech game with a lower leg injury. We'll kind of find out more of his status um, towards the end of the week. And it looked like Moro Ojimo is going to play um, after missing the tech game with an ankle injury. But back to the question, what must Texas do to win this game? And what can't Texas do if it wants to avoid a loss said, uh, we'll go to you first. Take care of business. Take care of business. Don't 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 try and reinvent the wheel. Get the ball in the hands of your best player. Get him twenty touches, and 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 close. 
they, they haven't really had problems closing on the road at home. I, I think Alabama was a couple of missed calls. They had a, they probably should have won that one, but close on the close at home. Uh, get Bijan going early. We know he's he says that he's put it all away, but but no great player puts it all away that easily. That fumble has to be bothering him, and um, I would be shocked. I mean, if Quinn Ewers doesn't play, that means that you're going in OU and Quinn Ewers hasn't played in nearly a month. I don't know about that. I think I think Quinn Ewers, if he's healthy, needs to needs to get back in there and and take a couple of hits so that we know he's back and ready to go. You don't want him coming in cold against OU. You know, Hudson Card didn't play horribly. He didn't. He played, he played well. Horribly. He you played pretty well. well. He played pretty well. And so – uh, they have a good situation if Quinn is healthy, but um, I, I think you, you get Quinn back in there if he's ready to go. I think he's got to he's got to play this game. I'm look, looking at Hudson's stats: twenty of thirty, one interception. They didn't see the safety coming over. Two hundred and seventy-seven yards and two touchdowns, and he had that great twenty-one second drive. Now I thought he played and, very. And he ran, Duck. He ran. He did run. He did run. What did he get? Thirty yards? Yeah. Well, with, you get rid of the sack, and he ran 30 yards, had a great little 22-yard scramble, and I think they should have run him more. But, no, he wasn't the problem. The defense was the problem. The interior line was the problem. And just the failure to make a play. And it's – I mean, you could always almost say this season comes down to two plays. If Ryan Watts sacks Bryce Young before he scrambles to set up the uh, winning field goal for Alabama, and if Bijan doesn't fumble – you know, I think they're going to win that game. When that game went to overtime, Danny, I don't know how you fell on the sideline, but I thought that place was silent. And I think most everybody there said, oh, it let them off the hook and Texas would gonna is going to win. But if Bijan doesn't fumble, maybe Jaron Thompson doesn't get called for holding on that last Texas Tech drive, I think, think they win. And that's I'm sure that's what the coaching staff is selling. We're this close. We're this close to being 4-0. But a lot of teams can say they're that close. Uh, I expect yours to play too. I think Sark probably he's kind of intimating he's ready or close to ready, and and I think that would energize the crowd, which we all know needs some energy because now some of those old doubts are creeping back in. So how do you see it, Danny? Yeah, it's going to be you know the key is going to be the defense. Um, we know what number five can do. We know what number two and number eight, whether it's number three or number one at quarterback. We know what this offense can do. Um, but this defense, I mean, they played well those first three weeks. I mean, this is a defense that held the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in an Alabama offense to 20 points. So we know that, you know, this defense can play, but you know, this past week tech just exposed some weaknesses. And this West Virginia team, they go for it on fourth down. They're nine of 10 this season. <laughs> wow. They can, score, they can score a lot of points. They're averaging – they have a top 20 um, scoring offense and a top 20 total offense. So, I mean, this West Virginia team is going to try to, you know, outrun the Longhorns, and we're going to have to see if uh, Texas has made the necessary adjustments from the Tech game or if Tech really just exposed to the world what um, some of the deficiencies on this defense is. My big question is actually going to be about, you know, what is it going to be like at DKR? Because I think two weeks ago I was stunned to see that much interest and that much – that many people there for a UTSA game. Um, but it, after that Alabama game, it just seemed like there was just a new excitement. There was just a new energy around this program. And it's going to be interesting to see if that energy is still there after a disappointing loss. So it's going to be a nice game. 
the weather should be fine. So we'll see if, uh, you know, there's still 102, 103,000 people crammed in there to cheer on the Longhorns or if people have kind of, you know, pulled back and are kind of waiting to see what happens and they'll come back in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, I guess the fans have some questions to answer. The defense definitely has some questions to answer. And, you know, this offense with the injuries that it has, um, there's some questions that need to be answered there. So um, Saturday, I guess we'll get some kind of answers. Just don't know what they are yet. Yeah, I don't know if we get permanent answers, but we're all looking for answers, including including Sark. So, but it was a little early for permanent. They're just starved for being relevant and again, you know. It's like, so now you know we were all kind of looking at eight and four record, and now okay, you go eight and four, it means you win six of the last eight, and it's a little dicey to to find six wins. You got four teams ahead of you that are ranked and TCU's almost ranked, Kansas almost ranked, Texas Tech, you know, so I don't know. Like I said, they need answers and they need them fast. All right, we're going to, you know, wrap this up. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to this week as far as content we're producing. Kirk and said they'll be columnizing throughout the week. They have their on second thought on second thought podcast. I'll drop Thursday. Do y'all want to give a tease about what that's going to be this week? Well, Rob Babers is going to be on there, uh, I'm sure. Uh, I haven't asked him yet, but he always says yes. And so we'll get Rob B. on there. He's 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 probably one of the most entertaining, most analytical uh, football minds in our area. And he's going to break down what went wrong and what needs to go right for them to get this thing back on track. If uh, Rod says no, we'll just go back and retroactively scrub this entire part of the – and part of the podcast, but he won't been- say no to say a golden. He always says yes. That's why that's why you love Rod. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Be sure to check out uh, statesman.com throughout the week for all of our Texas West Virginia content. We'll be back here on YouTube, Facebook, statesman.com with this Longhorn Confidential um you know podcast anywhere you get your podcast next week. And we appreciate y'all listening and we appreciate you guys reading, and we will see y'all down the road. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.